You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. 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 I'm Rachel Nemeth. I'm Paul Mann. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to an episode 123 of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Um, we are taking a look at the week's headlines, um, albeit um, we've we've had to change things slightly at the last minute because uh, you'll notice Hugh Fort can't join us today. We were going to talk about the Graysley Garden Town, um, but unfortunately he's messaged us this morning to say, I've got so much work to do, I can't join you today. Well, this is what happens when you become a one million page viewer month reporter. So, you know, it's going up just, in the world, isn't yeah, it? Suddenly, suddenly everyone's reading your content uh, and, and, you know, you're just too busy for the Real Reading podcast. So um, Paul Mann is here again, which is great. Hello, Paul. Hi, Hugh. Hi, Rach. Hope you're both doing very well in this um, uh, time of Reading FC glory. Paul, I, I don't want to um, make even <laughs> things even worse, but you just called me Hugh. Oh, no. Are I'm having a shocker. <laughs> Do you know, before we started recording this, I let you into the kind of like the depths of Real Running Podcast. I lost the ability to speak and now it's getting even worse, isn't it? <laughs> you, um, you, I know you had your jab last week. Is it really starting to take effect? Is that the problem? I think it is, yeah. I mean, as long as I don't start supporting Oxford, as I mentioned last yeah, week, everything's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes, we will be. We will not be looking at the Grayslie Garden Town. We'll probably have a chat about that next week. But there is a something happening at Prospect Park, which uh, is those of us with kids will be very excited about. And we will be making the most of our Reading FC expert and asking Paul a few questions about the Royals. However, before we move on, um, this isn't exactly Reading, but it's uh, Bracknell. It just caught my eye because um, one of their food trucks, so we've all got food. The reason I can tie this into Reading is because we've all got this new food waste thing going on, haven't we? Ooh. So we've got, uh, we've, got, we've got food waste, we've got you know new bins, half the size of what you actually need and all this gubbins going on. But in the midst of it all, um, Bracknell Forest Council have released the news that they've, they, I think they did, um, they asked people to name their new, their new garbage trucks. Is garbage the American? That's, um, that's, that's American. Yeah, you have to Sorry. say like yeah. garbage. Yeah, refuse, refuse, okay. refuse. Am I okay to say refuse trucks? Dustbin lorry, dustbin lorry. There we go. Dustbin lorry. Yeah. So they they named their dustbin lorries, and one of one of the suggestions was not dustbin dustbin face. It was uh, Dame Foodie Dench, which I think clever is incredibly clever. And the greatest thing about this whole thing is that uh, the legend herself, the national treasure, has actually responded to Bracknell Forest Council and left a lovely video message, which I will just play for you now. I've been called lots of names and I played lots of people, but I've never been called Dame Foodie Dench and I'm very proud to be so on the front of the food waste collection lorry. Thank you. 
And that was Dame Judy Dench exclusively on the Real Reading podcast, not exclusively at all. That was recorded for Bracknell Forest Council, um, just talking about being named uh, a dustbin lorry. So Does great she have mention. any ties to Bracknell, or is it just that her name so. fits the bill? I think it's the name that fits the bill. But um, having yeah. said that, my my mother, who has just arrived, um, pre pre Scottish is sporting a lockdown do, but she did have a passing resemblance to... Uh, to, to I wondered where that was going for a moment, Tom. I really <laughs> did. My mum is Dame Judy Dench. Younger version of Ops. Yes, I think Dame Judy is 90 now, I believe. In the article it said 86, I think. Oh, well, you know. You know well, was, you, was you wouldn't think it, though. When, if you no, see her interviewed on things, she, she's, she's faring well, Dame she Judy. She is indeed. She is indeed. So I, I just thought that was a lovely little story, uh, and I hope you enjoyed the little bit of audio there. I love stuff um, like that. I think that, like, kids especially, like Zachary loves it when the rubbish trucks come around. We have to look out the window at them. And if they uh, have, are they going to put her name on the truck? Oh, it's on the front of the truck. Yeah, on the front, on the front of the yeah. truck. So it's a bit like you know when you're on the motorway and you go past an Eddie Stobart yes. lorry, and you have to have a good look to see what names on the front. Yeah. So it's a bit like that. Well, yes. We should definitely be doing stuff like that around Reading. I think so. Yes. There was uh, in um, yeah, when I was up when I was working in Nottingham for a little while on one of the various projects. They have all their trams are named, and there's one named after I believe there's one named after Vicky McClure, uh, oh, one, of Notting- good... one of one of Nottingham's uh, daughters. But there's also there was also one called the George Green, which anyone who is a London's Burning fan will be well aware that he was one of the long running characters in London's Burning. And I was curious as to why a character from London's Burning was named on a tram. I still don't know. Oh, <laughs> still don't it was no definitely idea. named after him. Oh yeah, I took a picture of it. Oh no, I've no idea. Probably not. Make me laugh. That's the nineteen nineties program you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. great show! Absolutely brilliant show. Oh, I used to like that. It set sick up, note. Yeah, it? I think Daily. It, I think it was the sort of <laughs> it was the kind of it was kind of the Game of Thrones in in the terms of killing off main characters on a regular basis. <laughs> Before Game a of Thrones. Precursor to yeah. Game of Thrones, oh, London's Burning. I stand by that. As a sentence, I didn't think I was going to hear. I, I, stand, by, I stand by that. I stand by that. Yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. There's similarities. There's, there's, there's fire. Yeah. And then there's the dragons <laughs> breathing the, the fire. <laughs> um, yep. And the last series was dreadful. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, I did used to like well, watching that. That was like was a proper great. Sunday night. Yeah. Um, London's Burning, I'm talking about. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing where these go. Shall we um, Shall we move on? I've no idea if Dane Judy Dench ever appeared in London's Burning. Probably. She's probably, probably in the, the bill. bill. Yeah, probably <laughs> in the bill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's <Okay>. in the bill. <laughs> Um, if you would like to comment on these these stories and, and agree with me that London's Burning was the precursor to Game of Thrones, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod. And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, okay, now... 
as I mentioned, we will not be talking about the Graysley uh, Garden Town slash Village this week. I don't know if you can call a village a 15,000 home project. I don't know if that's a village. That's more of a, a small town, isn't it? It's pretty big. Um, so we are going to instead talk about something much more fun. Um, and this is a new play area, play centre coming to Prospect Park. It looks like it's moved a little bit closer this week. Um, it's a Prospect Park activity centre and there have been more details released, which include um, it, the, it aims to help improve the availability and accessibility of outdoor activities in the town. It's a £500,000 investment in, approved by Reading Borough Council and uh, a bid to bring more physical activity and well-being benefits to people living in the area. Um, it's going to include... Um, What's it going to include? Oh, here we go. The proposal includes a Sky Trail ropes course, which sounds great. Uh, family mini golf with wheelchair access, outdoor enclosed education zone, including archery, portable climbing wall and team building activities. Importantly, a cafe and a multifunction indoor space for parties and meetings. This sounds really good. Um, it looks like it may well open uh, in November, um, just when we all need to be inside again. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, they, I think they're going to submit the planning application in April. So, um, Rach, as someone with a small child who might enjoy activity centres, um, is this this is good news? This is good news. Yeah. Um... It's, we don't venture over that side of town very often, to be honest, because we've got sort of parks and, and yeah. things nearer to home. But I, I think we probably would if there was facilities like that over there. Um, and I mean, I what does what did you say? Rope treetop root rope climb. Is that like go eight? Yeah, I believe so. I think that's what one of the previous articles described it as. Yes. Uh, and it's basically kind of the reworking of buildings and stuff that's already there, Turn it, like disused garages turning into a ropes course and climbing wall and all that sort of thing. So they're basically like just turning stuff that already exists that's not being used into, uh, you know, facilities for people, which is great, I it's think. Brilliant. And a cafe, I think it did yes. say as well. And But I might be like getting it wrong but what you said 500,000 yes. pound investment which for all of what you just listed doesn't sound like a huge amount of money to me no um but I've, i just have no concept of how much things cost when it comes <laughs> to like council types and it often seems like we've got to fix three potholes and it's going to cost two million or we're going to build yeah. all of this all these facilities for, for families and things and it's we've got half a million which is you know a house um, <laughs> I, I, sh I should add as well sorry this shows how much i read this article uh, how far down i read in this article there's another bit to it um it says hmm. plans are also underway to spend almost two hundred and fifty thousand to urgently replace the playground in prospect park okay so that's sort of 750 all told. I mean, I don't know. I think anything that, in, that improves outdoor facilities gets a thumbs up from me. Oh, yeah. Especially they have to put some parking in, surely. I don't know. what What's the parking the like park, at Prospect Park? It's not too bad. Um, I'm sure, I, think, I think sort of during when those, um, when those football courts are in, you're in full flow, it can get a bit busy. But the parking's not too bad up there. Um, mm. 
I don't know. I mean, there's there's enough. You know, let's face it. We should be walking to that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's in a it's in a residential area. Uh, it shouldn't be. Be a That's quite. Oh well, yeah. That's, that's you know. That's that's. I'm not saying you you specifically, but someone like me. I did walk to your house once. You from did. Caversham. You did. Um, in South Caversham to Southcote, stupidly in a pair of flip flops. <laughs> that was. Stupid. It didn't. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'll do that little cut through from Portman Road up by Little, up Western Elms, and then it just pops out next to Tom's house. But it seems not. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's another mile or two beyond that. <laughs> um, Paul, you live in the vicinity of Prospect Park, if I remember rightly. No, my dad no. does. I don't. I uh, live in Nick Caversham. Yeah, no, no. no. Um, do, you, do, you, do you use Prospect Park at all? Yeah, definitely. My dad lives very near to it. And I used to go to Prospect Park a lot uh, as a yeah. kid. And I remember having a school tournament there with my uh, playing football. And yeah. uh, I, I love that. Yeah, no, I used to love uh, Prospect Park. And uh, it has got a player. I remember when they built that one many, really? many years ago. And it How long ago? Do you know? Um, sorry? How long ago? Do you remember? Do you know? Oh, I know. I was, are we, are we talking I was when too old for it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. So probably the 90s early 90s probably <laughs> yeah 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 i wasn't going around it myself yeah, yeah. that's just not great I, that's a conversation we should stop there but um it's kind of it's I feel, um i feel having having spent a lot of time walking around prospect park a little bit lately it, it it's a great sort of open space but you know the, the paths are cracked the part you know a lot of it it just it just needs a little bit of tlc just to just to make it to uh, the one thing that struck me there's there's a path that goes right through from bath road to uh the tireless road the other side there's a path that goes right through it and the one thing that has been abundantly clear in this in this second in this third lockdown is it's just not quite wide enough and I, i'm not i'm not suggesting that necessarily more green space is taken up by by path but just just it's just not quite wide enough to allow people to properly socially distance and so the, you know all the verges are all cut up and it's a bit it's a bit messy and muddy but hey um i'm not going to complain that much about prospect park it's been probably the thing that's kept me the sanest throughout it's this whole the miniature railway in it yes it does indeed which I'd shamefully oh. i've never visited but that looks terrific fun you being a train fan as well. I know, I know. Ridiculous, eh? But, you know, now I have a child, there's every chance we, we will visit it. What about, did I read there was an aviary in there somewhere as oh, well? I don't know. I made that up. I remember that. I could be wrong, though. Oh. sure someone listen remember. It's some, a huge uh, birds, rock, isn't it? It's, it's, it's really massive. big. It's massive. Mansion um, House still a pub. It's a harvester. Yeah. I just, you know, I have nothing against harvester whatsoever. Just if it was slightly more of a destination, that'd be, that'd be terrific. But, you know, I tell you what, the views from the top of that hill are, are pretty spectacular as well. It's just, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, I want to say underrated. I think, it's I think. It's a huge part though. It is. It's a huge part, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Uh, it's, 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 it's what, it's about the circumference is about a mile just over probably just over a mile was it about a mile and a half so it's pretty it is pretty huge do i mean circumference that's the round the edge isn't it is that what i mean oh a radius is yeah oh, now let's just move on no i'm diamond, sure i'll be relearning no. all of this won't i shortly no, it's, 
It's definitely width, circumference because diameter yeah. is the whole width. <laughs> Radius is the center to the outside and circumference is all the way. Well, there you go, people. You can stick Well, that today's mass lesson yeah. was good, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one. <laughs> um, so we, we generally think this is a thumbs up. We like this project. We like this proposal. Let's get it. Let's get it done, Reading. Get it done. I can't see, I'm just Googling. I can't see anything about an Avery. I think I made it up. There's a, there's a definitely a bowls club in there. Uh, and of course, there's Prospect Park Hospital in there as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, ah, that's just, Prospect Park is, is terrific. I, I, I honestly, it is one of the things that's kept me sane. Uh, Prospect Park. It just. Has... I'd imagine you have clock, clocked up some miles pushing the yeah. pram around yeah. there. Oh, yes. Go to sleep, baby. <sighs> yes. Keep on yes. pounding. It's good um, for the fitness with all the hills. And they yes. do a lot of um, like race for life and things there, yes. don't they? As yes. well. Lots of football, lots of race for life. It's a well used facility. But I, as I say, I do think it's slightly underrated. I think, I think Palmer Park gets all the glory um, between of the, of the two parks. I think Palmer Park's the one people think of. The glory, yeah, the, no, the, <laughs> the awards, the plaudits. Yeah. That is what I think when I think of Palmer Park. I think glorious. Yeah. I just <laughs> think, oh, that's the place I want to be. That is the destination in Reading. That's where it's happening. Palmer Park. Whoa, get me in that massive stadium. <laughs> Have you ever I only went there once, but uh, I used to do. Um, Oh, what do you call it? You know, like when you have athletics at school for yeah. sports day and stuff, and then the winners of the, the the school competitions then go into the like into school. I'm sure it had a name. I can't remember. But I had to go to Palmer Park for discus. Always good at throwing things, not so much running <laughs> and <laughs> jumping and things. But then I went and. I came last, so I think I was just the best of a bad bunch at school, really. <laughs> Not one of my proudest moments. <laughs> now I'm reliving it. Have you ever watched football <laughs> at, at Palmer Park, Paul? Uh, no, no, I don't think I have. I haven't actually spent that much time because I was brought up on the other side of Reading. Uh, okay. So I was brought up just off the Oxford Road near the Pond House. So, yeah, yeah, Prospect Park was my go-to place yeah, yeah. I was going okay. to the park. So, yeah, many times I've spent there and been dragged around there by my parents when I was much younger, when I was watching <laughs> Match of the Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, but, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's it's dreadful experience. Any, any, any watching football with a running track is always a bad experience. Oh, um, no. Anyway, should we move? Talking of football... Let's should we should we segue on to the football because Paul, I, I I'm not going to quote you verbatim, mostly because I haven't bothered to go back and check the preseason podcast we did with you. But um, you were pretty low at the start yeah. when the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely, no doubt with Reading. Oh, we had a new manager; he'd only been there a week. There's no way I would have thought we'd be in fifth position now. Um, yeah. I don't think any Redden fans would have believed that. I mean, I'm sure, okay, maybe there's one or two, but they believe we're going to win the Champions League, even though we're not in it. So it's kind of, yeah, this is what happens with no. football. You never know, and especially in the Championship. No. And this is this is despite, um, so Reading are fifth in the league, and this is despite, according to the fixtures and results that I've just pulled up in front of me, this is despite um, two one win, two defeats, and a draw in the last four games 
everything is still pretty optimistic. Um, so it was a nil-nil draw with Stoke. Uh, it was a 3-1 loss to Brentford, which that's nothing to to, to be sniffed at. Um, Brentford are... I've seen, Even I've watched Brentford play football, and they're, they're pretty good at, at the football. Um, and then Millwall, which I suppose would probably have been an incredible disappointment, but then rallied with a 2-0 win over Bristol City, which cost the Bristol City manager his job, uh, which, to be fair, in this time of a pandemic is not a very nice thing to do, Paul. No, no, um, I'm not going to regret it, though. I'm OK with it because it's a brutal industry and I'm sure he got a massive payoff as well <laughs> in football. So uh, it's not a poor industry. Yeah, the Millwall game was the worst one, Tom. That was horrible. We didn't play well at all. But having said that, that's the first time we've played badly this year. Uh, so you would take that. You would take the occasional poor performance yeah. and then to bounce back with them when you say against Bristol City during the week when we saw a moment of magic from our centre-half, uh, Michael Morrison, who's now got the nickname Maradona as a tribute to uh, Maradona, <laughs> <laughs> running through the pitch. Just a beautiful flick to Jao. Jao passes it on to him in the centre-half, running into the penalty area and then dinks it over the goalie. This this is not what you're going to see from Michael Morrison ever again. He's a very traditional centre-half. Um, whether he meant it or not, I think he did, but the expression on the players' faces around him told you everything. They were shocked this had happened. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a rather fine tweet that um, our, our friend and colleague, Jonathan Lowe, put out. Uh, it was 21 hours ago currently, um, and it's a picture of Morrison wheeling away, um, was it bripped strip over his nose, looking every inch the centre half. Um, and you've got the, the Bristol City goalkeeper on his haunches, screaming at the sky, and you've got another lad just down looking at the floor like he can't believe what's happened. And, and Jonathan says, uh, this really needs to go into the National Gallery. Um, I don't know if you ever saw, there was a picture, there was a New Year's Eve picture from the Manchester Evening News some years ago, and it was almost like it was, there was a guy on the ground holding a bottle, there was someone being arrested, it was like a, I think it was like sort of Lowry-esque, the whole sort of, um, like, New Year's Eve in, a, in one image, if you could describe New Year's Eve, that was it in Manchester City Centre, this is very much of a similar ilk, I feel. Um, and it, it's it's just it's it's wonderful. And as I said, just just sort of looping back to to my first sort of point, Paul, you were pretty low at the start of the season. What what has changed? Uh, what has changed? Well, new manager brought in uh, to new togetherness with the players. Uh, Lucas Jow has also been fit for far more of the season. He's an absolutely fantastic striker, the best striker we've had since Dave Kitson. He gives all the rest of the team, I think, belief that we're going to go into games and win. Also, we've also got a lot of young players and Panovic has shown before with his spell as Serbian under 20 manager that he can do well. He won the World Cup with them and they've already blossomed. You've got Richards, McIntyre, Elise. These are key players in our team and someone who's a little bit older, Ijaria. And he's got them all believing. And you see at the end of the matches, they come together sometimes in a huddle and they haven't seen such unity with players I read in since probably the Brian McDermott era been a long long time and i know people listening might think of the yap stand but i think this is better i think we can go up this season and i think if we do get to play a final i think we'll win it we've got that edge rach as a as a long time supporter of the royals and, and a lapsed season ticket holder how how do you feel about it as someone who's kind of not able to i mean none of us are able to go but even if uh even if we were able to go i presume you wouldn't be going currently 
Oh gosh, you, I'll put me on the spot. I'm totally out of touch with it all. Um, but it does all sound really positive. And I think that Zach is probably at an age now, he's five and a half, where when we are able to go to games again, I would be really keen to take him. Um, and if they carry on like they are, it sounds like a good time to get involved because are they playing interesting football, Paul, to watch at? To look at, sorry, watch out. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, it's not just that they were um, kind of um, being lucky with wins. It's because we actually look like we're going to win games and we're dominating some games as well and scoring quite a few goals. We'll, you know, probably third or fourth for goals in the whole of the uh, championship. So, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really enjoyable. Because that's one of the reasons I stopped going in the first place was because it was, it got so boring to watch and... They just used to play from the back all the time, get about halfway up the pitch and then lose the ball, go <laughs> and then we'd just and repeat. And if we got a goal, it was sort of more luck than anything else. So you want to if you're going to watch your team and you're paying a fair amount of money, because it's not just the cost of the ticket, is it? It's all the other gubbins that comes with it, parking and any snacks and things. Um, you want to know that you're going to watch your team try their damnedest to play good football and to to win and get points. And I've said it before, but there is no there's no feeling like seeing your team score. And you just I don't know. I just remember that you you don't even have conscious. <laughs> You're not conscious of what your body's doing. You just, the goal goes in, you're on your feet, you're jumping, screaming, chanting, and and then you think, oh, God, did I just... You're like, There's no other time in my life where I would act in that same way. I wouldn't just stand in Broad Street and just... <laughs> you know what I mean? You just lose all um, reservations that you might have in everyday life and just... Yeah, it's a great feeling. It's making me smile thinking about it now. Perhaps I should go. <laughs> yeah. It, um, Paul, can I can I ask you briefly about the women's team? Uh, yeah, the women's team are doing quite well. As They've... the problem is, with women's football now is that there's a divide. There's some really massive clubs that have come into it. Yeah. You've got the Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, Man City. Um, we actually sponsor one of the women's players, Dan Carter through the site that I have. So, yeah, we're definitely interested in it. I think they will be playing more at the Medeski Stadium as well now. So, because if so, it yeah. will be more Reading because they used to play at Wickham. And I yep. would definitely go to a game if we could I, go to any games. It had, been, yeah. it had been my intention this season, given that they've played all their home games at the Medeski, it had been my intention to go to as many of them as possible this season. Um, they have uh, in they have had some terrific results. Having been thumped 5-0 by Chelsea, you know, again, no shame. You know, Chelsea have got some of the best players in the world um, playing for them. But they then drew one all with Arsenal, 2-2 with Aston Villa. I think they were a little un either, either a little unfortunate or, you know, just, just not quite. They, they should have taken the points from that one. They then beat Manchester United, who are, are pushing for that top three. And then a one-all draw with Everton, at the weekend uh, they've got Bristol City coming up this weekend and then Spurs followed by Man City which is again you know again Manchester City have got some of the best players in the world um, and uh, I think um, we, we were talking about I don't know if, we, if we're able to talk about this but you we were just talking about kind of fan engagement with the club 
and you've got you've got the men's team and the women's team doing particularly well and over i believe over the last two seasons reading women have been the fifth best team in the country consistently according to league position there's a great opportunity right now for some engagement across both teams um is that something that you want to see is that something that you believe the club should be doing uh, they have done it a bit. They have seen been some videos of them mixing up because obviously there's two players with the last name Moore also. <laughs> yeah. So there's a nice link there with Liam Moore and my brain's gone completely on the name of the female player. But I do believe that they are trying to. I think if the, we weren't in the COVID world, I think you'd see a few more events happening, probably with maybe with some Reading men's players at some women's games. But the problem is you also have to allow the women's game to also establish its own role. You don't want to make it look like it's a kind of add-on to men's football because yeah. I don't feel that that's fair on the situation because women's football is the fastest growing sport in the UK. So I, th I think it is growing massively. And I think it's a great thing to have all these players shown on TV. It's not like, um, say, the Premier League and the top football now. That's not shown normally on the BBC or you know, a normal terrestrial channel with the women's football, that's for everyone to see. And I think now that you've got young girls growing up and seeing these women playing football, that wasn't there 15 years ago. Now they see they can do this. Why can't they become footballers? And maybe in 20 years' time, they'll be earning a, a massive wage of football as well because it could explode quite easily. Rach, was, ever, was football ever on your radar as a, as a sport to play? And I ask you this particularly as a woman. Um... No, not at any sort of, you know, team level. Obviously, used to play in the garden with my brother a lot, um, watching out for the greenhouse, but using that as one goalpost and the washing line as the other, much to my dad's horror. Um, no, uh, hockey and netball were more my thing, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was quite good at hockey. I did play that for a club for a bit. Um, but I didn't really like the cold, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can I can quite understand that the cold and the wet is not ideal, is it? Um, no, but I do keep every so often. I think, oh, netball. Wonder if there's like any local amateur teams around that I could go and go and have a, a goal attack. I think I was. Glory. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but not like I always felt sorry for the centre because they had to do a lot of running. So I just uh, it's a team stayed. game. It's a team game. It's, team game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously, we're, Reading FC and Reading FC women are in in good shape going into the second half of the season. I guess Paul, just to just to finish off, can Reading's men's team get promoted? And if so, what then? Premier League. <laughs> well, that's what will happen. Can they? <laughs> All right, fine. Can they, can they stay there? Um, yeah, I think we can get promoted. I think we will get promoted. And I think we'll win the playoff final. Uh, I think if we go up, I think we will stay there because we've got a crazy enough owner that will spend enough money to make sure that we do stay up. What happens after that is hard to say. I think we have an amazing setup now with the training ground, with the stadium, with the owner with a lot of young players coming through. I feel really optimistic about it, but there's lots of other clubs in the Championship in the same situation. We yeah. aren't alone. So, yeah, I think we could stay up for a few years. Are we going to stay up forever in the Premier League if we go there? No, we're not. 
that's just not going to happen. What a shame it's all going so well when we can't go and watch. Yeah, that's typical, isn't it? I know. I've, I've I hope those like two things years. aren't related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just yeah, play better in the stadium. Like, yeah, we can never go again, but Reading now go on to win the Premier League in three years' time. Do we take that? <laughs> well, yeah, like people know. have lucky charms, don't they? That, you know, every game they have to wear a certain item of clothing, a hat mm. or something, because it's their lucky charm. And Reading will lose if we don't wear the hat. So if we all turn up and they start losing again... And Reading fans, we can be a bit fickle, can't we? Like if they had a bad game and everybody's there, 20 odd thousand people and start, oh, booing and a load of rubbish and stuff. Yeah. We're not a football town. That's the issue, Rach. We're not no. really, we don't have the history. That's, that won't go down with your listeners. That will not go down well. But unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have that. We will, we will get that in 20 years' time. We'll have that history when we've won the FA Cup, League Cup, you know, Europa League. So <laughs> that's it. Aim high. Yeah, why not? Eh? <laughs> We're on a roll. We're doing well. We'll, we'll take all the trophies. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, that was a bit of chat about Reading FC. It probably we've we've stretched that out just a tad because, as I mentioned before, uh, neither of us felt no, sorry, neither none of us felt particularly comfortable talking about Grazley, uh, the Grazley Village town slash town development, uh, without Hugh Fort, who knows about these things. Uh, all three of us read the story and thought that sounds like a terrible idea, but without actually being able to add any sort of uh context or anal analysis to it so uh, i think i'd feel bad for hugh anyway because he loves talking about a planning application doesn't he he does indeed so i uh, will be upset if we did that without him we'll we'll roll that over to next week and we can get into the nitty-gritty of um of, of Grazley and living near the awe um right we will move on to part two and we will have the random question The random question. Hello, back again. <laughs> Hello. Just, I don't know what I'm expecting from that because the, the, the listeners won't realise that we have about a, a, a three-second break between where, and then I insert a little advert thing for you all to listen to. I have no idea what the advert is. Could be, could be anything. I mean, I'm trusting the, the hosting company to put something relevant in there, but uh, it could be absolutely anything. It could be a, a advert for something in Oxford, for all I know, which would go down badly with Paul, wouldn't it? <laughs> Don't need that. No. no. <laughs> um, okay, this week's random question. Um, I've been on to the internet again. I have looked up some random questions, and I've got this one, which is, what doesn't exist but should. I actually read the script ahead of time and had to think about <laughs> this and I'm still stumped um, because every everything I thought of that I feel that Reading is lacking, we've sort of got coming to us, really. I was trying to think what, what have um, other towns locally got that we haven't, that we'd benefit from. So it's like, well, we haven't got swimming pool good one well it's coming as we've talked about many times and then i thought all oh, right well bracknell's got go ape but um what's it called swindley swindley forest, forest yeah. 
Um, so that would be good. And then I read the article about Prospect Park and they're going to put in a <laughs> high rope thing. As, go wait. Oh, right. OK, so we're going to have one of those. Um, Rich, my husband, suggested a uh, ice rink, which, seen as Bracknell has just lost theirs, would, would be quite cool. Um, then I thought, about, I was bleating on about um, independent traders and things, but we talked about that last week with that bit in um, Queen Victoria Street where they're going to put that new courtyard. So that could all start. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Reading's doing all right at the minute. I mean, we can always go back to our old favourite, Tom, the monorail. Yes, yes. Which we do love, a monorail. Alice Springfield and the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Paul. Just if I didn't get picked up, Paul was doing the song. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like if if Reading delivers all the things that it's promising, at the minute, we're, we're all right at the minute. We're, we're quite a good place to be. Maybe make a bit more of our local, of our cultural his history. I'm going to go with that. So okay. like with the prison and the and the abbey and things that Reading people often think people particularly people who aren't from around here think that Reading is like a, a relatively new town a bit of a, a Milton Keynes type establishment but there's a lot of history here and perhaps we should make more of that as part of the culture I agree Paul what I about agree. you I know I've got to agree with Rachel and her one first of all and say that they definitely should make more of our history and we're not a new town. This is a place that had parliament. We should like make more of these things. And I don't know why we always seemed a little bit embarrassed by ourselves of Reading. It's because obviously we're in the shadow, oh, I'm not going to say it, of Oxford. I'll say it. it's because they've got so much more of their history. And I find that deeply upsetting. But it's mainly London. That's the issue, isn't yeah. it? It's because we just yeah, can't compete with it. Mine's a little bit more crazy. Um, as a child, I used to dream about having an underground in Reading. I used to I dream about all these things. Like, yeah, yeah. It's very amazing, like having a station in Tyler, you'd have one in maybe Whitley. You could have one in the town centre. Because I, I remember growing up hearing about this monorail idea, reading it in papers and stuff. And I thought, no, no, we need to go to another dimension. And then we can have this underground. And I was thinking... How much will we pay? And that's how I had this whole thing set up in my head. I had to daydream about these kind of things at school. You know, I wasn't really bothered by going to school. So I just kind of <laughs> got involved with these kind of ideas. So where would you think would be the best place for a train station? Underground. In uh, Reddington. Where would your destination be in the town centre? Where would you put the stops? Oh, um, well, you, I mean, you just... I think you'd have to go. I think you'd have to go round because you've got the buses that go in and out from the town centre. So you'd want it almost to be in a ring. So if you needed to go, so like for me, if I wanted to go to say, let's say I got the bus from Southcote and I wanted to go to the Medeski, I've got to go into town, change in town, and then go out. So the monorail, the, the not the monorail, sorry, <laughs> the underground <laughs> should go in a ring around the town. So I could. The, so whatever it is, halfway up the Bath Road, I'd jump on the underground and go round to the Medeski just across. Knowing my luck, it'd be a one-way underground and you have to go all the way round first. But, you know, there we go. Um, so Didn't we talk about this about six months ago? Wasn't there like a university student or something? Oh, there was. Someone who designed, designed an underground system for Reading. Did. 
You need to put me in touch with this person. I need to see this. This would be brilliant. Yeah, I love this idea. It never, ever happened, but, you know. (laughs) Here we go. Yes, this is it. Uh, It was designed, uh, the Reading Underground map, and it was designed by a chap uh, from, I believe, Reading. He was a PhD researcher, Joe Priest, uh, and he's from Tilehurst, and he specialises in digital railway systems, and he created a map which has 54 stations and seven lines. Um, Paul, I will share this with you. Yeah, um, please do. I've got to say, that's a bit of a grander scale than I ever imagined, 54 stations <laughs> of Reading. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like London proportions now, isn't it? Which is, we were like, we'll have one in Cavsham, one yeah. in Tylerst, <laughs> one in the town centre. <laughs> um, just uh, we'll we'll just uh, we'll just finish off there if that's all right, guys. Um, the so uh, because it's been raining, my my wife hasn't been able to go out for a walk this morning when we normally do the podcast, and the baby is a little grizzly. So uh, if it's all right with you, we'll just finish that. I just wanted to add um, on the underground uh, motor rail. Uh, I don't What's know if you've that? ever heard of motor rail, and it was this ability to drive your car onto a train and travel around the country instead of driving along the motorway. And it's a real thing that existed, and you could get it from Reading. Um, it was it, you could go for, basically you go direct from uh, looking at this Reading. You could go down to St Austell in Cornwall, uh, and there's a big there's a whole map of all of these places you could go. Uh, you just make a booking, drive your car onto the train, and off you go. Um, wow. But it was it was a real it was a real like thing. The tunnel, tunnel. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, quite a good idea though, because quite you know we've been down to St Ives in Cornwall and places like that before, and it takes oh my god a long time. Some yeah. depending on the traffic, yeah. past Stonehenge mainly. Yeah. Um, it takes hours and hours. I think it took us about six or seven hours once to get there. But if you could just drive on a train and just chill out for a few hours, but then when you get there, you've got your car. Yeah, that's ideal. Cool. Yeah, ideal. Absolutely ideal. Um, all right. Well, thank you, guys. If anybody would like to add some things they think Reading should have but doesn't, uh, please do get in touch. Here's Jeremy with how you can. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Real Reading Pod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, that's enough for this week. We'll be back next week and we will talk about the Grazley Garden. We need to decide what we're calling it. Is it Garden Village, Grazley Village, Grazley Town, whatever it it's is? It's not a village. No. 15,000 houses. It's, it's, it's a small town. Um, all I will say is that if they had a sports team, they should be known as the Isotopes, just to add another Springfield uh, Simpsons <laughs> reference into there. Um, so, uh, yes, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with plenty more. Uh, if you have a moment, please give us a rating on your podcast app and give us a little review if you can as well. Um, we'll be back for more Reddingy podcast goodness next week. Bye! Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.